his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 The Derek Chauvin trial will answer one central question. Is justice still possible in the United States of America? Or do we live by mob rule? Breitbart's John Nolte absolutely nailed this in his piece when he wrote, There is no question if Officer Derek Chauvin, the man accused of killing George Floyd with the knee to his neck, if Chauvin is acquitted, Nolte writes, Anyone who lives in a Democrat-run city will be in mortal danger. And with the help of the Democrat Party and the media, the offending jurors will surely be hunted for the rest of their lives. Let's think about this realistically for a minute. I've been saying for a while, the idea that this trial is even held in Minneapolis is an absolute travesty of justice. Suppose you vote to acquit Derek Chauvin. There are very good reasons to do that. Namely, motive. We'll get into that in a minute. Let's suppose you vote to acquit Derek Chauvin. Imagine for a moment, and believe me, jurors who who will be seated in this case are already thinking about it. Imagine for a moment that you vote to acquit Derek Chauvin. Cancellation will be automatic. Loss of your job, highly predictable. You own a business? Good luck with that. It'll be att- it'll be attacked on Yelp and on Google and everywhere. Your employability, pretty much nil going forward. And that's if you survive. No, I'm not exaggerating. That's if you survive. If you live in Minneapolis, you know a couple of things. You know how wild it is there. You know that right now there's a no-go zone for police. Police don't even attempt to enter. The thugs control it. It recently made the news when another person was killed there. You know that your local 100% liberal-led police department, because the city council there is all liberal, so is the mayor, you know that they allowed the protesters to have a police precinct. There was no danger of losing it to the rioters. They just decided to turn it over to them. There is a very real question. If you are one of these jurors and if you were to vote to to find Chauvin innocent, to acquit him, that the police might not come to your house when the mob is there 
to burn it down. Let me paint you a picture of a war zone. Let me paint you a picture of what it is like in Minneapolis. This clip from Fox lays it out best. Rioters allowed to roam the streets because remember, the mayor and the police chief let them go. It was part of racial justice, right? Held the police back. If you live in Minneapolis, you watched a city suffer, I kid you not, half a billion, with a B, billion dollars worth of damage from rioters. And you know, this time, it'll probably be worse. And your name is on it if you're a juror. Take a listen to this news report from Fox News back in September, months after George Floyd died. And it'll give you some idea of what you know and understand if you live in Minneapolis. Well, the governor is estimating that damage and losses to businesses could total half a billion dollars. I want to point out what you're seeing behind me right now. This used to be Bling Bling Beauty Supply. You can see it was gutted and it was torched. In all of this, 1,500 businesses were hit. The most hit restaurants and retailers that looters attacked and essentially ripped all the inventory off store shelves. But if you look across the street here, this was a massive retail complex with a T-Mobile, also a Foot Locker, a massive furniture store that was gutted and burned to the ground, reduced to rubble. But still months after the riots, businesses are still unsure if they will reopen. And they're also unsure if when they do, their customers will come back. Big damage happened here is that the entire neighborhood is down, no business going on. And we disconnected from the customer. That's a big loss. And it's not going to be easy to get reconnect to your customers. I'm also going to wait till after the trial of the four policemen is done, because if the mob does not like the decision of the jury, we could have rioting again, and I don't want to be burnt out a second time. So far, just 20% of insurance claims have been paid out to businesses here in the Twin Cities. For commercial property, 46 million in payments have gone out, but that's really just a fraction of what has been filed with insurers, over $229 million. But it's not just businesses that are worried. Residents are too. We talked with one resident who defended her dad's condo building from being looted and burned. She tells us the police have not picked up multiple times since then that she has tried to call 911. So she's thinking about moving her dad out of Minneapolis because it's not safe. Ten of us literally stood on the street Wednesday night with nothing except like like big mom energy. <laughs> you know, going up to looters and um, arsonists like you're not going to touch our building. And Neil, another hurdle that businesses are encountering, if you're wondering why there's still rubble here when the riots were months ago, it's because according to a state law, they have to pay their property taxes before they can clear their business lot. A lot of them, because of COVID, are thousands of dollars behind in property taxes, and now they would have to pay that on businesses that essentially don't exist anymore. Neil? Do you hear that? They even came for the condos. They wanted to burn them down. And those folks were innocent. They weren't on the jury. If you live in Minneapolis, you know all of this. That no matter what the evidence shows, if you find Derek Chauvin innocent, and there's a lot of evidence he is, all of the burning, the looting will be on you. Your sentence, absolute cancellation. There's no way around it. The media will lie about you. If your name is ever released, your life is over. We have never seen a trial like this in American history. Ever. 
Because we've never had cancellation before, and we've never had street thugs like this before, who operate in a way that enforces the social cancellation. But the consequences are so much bigger than just the destruction of the life of any juror who votes to acquit. The implications are massive for America's future economically and socially, period. There's never been anything like this trial. I'll explain why on the other side. Never forget the total bill after George Floyd's death. We still don't know if it was a murder. I'll get to that in a minute. Upwards of $2 billion. That was reported by Axios. That number actually came from the Property Claim Services. That's an insurance uh, company that tracks claims related to disorder. And it only covered a couple of months after Minneapolis. The actual damage, they're thinking upwards of $5 billion, but they didn't know at the time, and we never got a second report. So, conceivably, all that could go down again. Folks, let, let's look at something for, for a minute. I keep coming back to this one fact. It's the scariest thing I've heard in years. And it may not sound sexy, but it is very important. 2020 was the first year ever in American history where foreign investment in China surpassed foreign investment in America. If that continues, their GDP will pass ours. And if that happens, our dollar will will lose its reserve currency status. I've explained this to you before. Literally, the dollar will crumble in front of your eyes. Why did the money flee? China had COVID too. In fact, it had really bad COVID headlines. And yet the money didn't flee. So what caused it? Let me, let me ask you this question. If you're a foreign investor and invest in America, you want to invest in probably what, major American corporations? Where would most of those have branches, headquarters, storefront? Blue cities. And what would happen if there was a George Floyd trial that went wrong or inevitably, because it will happen, another police shooting misreported horrifically by the media and recast as a purely racial incident? What might happen to that business? The answer is, You can't reasonably or soundly invest in businesses in blue areas in America anymore. And most major cities are blue. This is huge. Just what we've had in the last year year here, which spilled over into Europe too, by the way, showed international investors one clear thing. This is not a stable country. And if this verdict goes the wrong way. Anything other than than, than Derek Chauvin is guilty. They will tear the country apart again. And liberal police chiefs, liberal city councils will let them. And investors will flee. You simply don't want to own property in a blue city. What's the point? There's so many other more stable places on earth you could go. And that is the decision that people made. Now, I'm sure some of it was COVID-driven, that the investment in China is not purely George Floyd. But it's the instability as a whole. Nothing like instability for driving investment dollars away. And when at the end of all of that, you have an election that half the country thinks was stolen and your lawmakers in your capital can't even go about their business except behind fences and concertina wire, investment just doesn't go there. It doesn't matter what you think about the way that looks. Investors aren't partisan. Foreign investors particularly aren't partisan. That's what's on the table here. Jurors may not fully grasp those implications, 
But they understand, and they're already beginning to make calculations. Well, even if this guy is innocent, I I don't know if I can fail to convict him. How do we know they're making those calculations? Because a juror actually said that. Juror 62, not even the first of the jurors from the jury pool they've interviewed, who says he doesn't want to serve because he's afraid for his family's safety if he serves on the George Floyd jury. He's not wrong about that. This guy also said, incredibly, one verdict is the path of least resistance for public opinion. That's what he told the judge. One verdict is the path of least resistance. It'll cause the least damage and bloodshed and destruction. But then he said he knows that verdict might not be the truth. Folks, when we have any political force in America that can cause this level of terror, Among a jury pool, we are no longer a free country. We are a banana republic. We have brown shirts in our streets. We are exactly what investors voted with their dollars that we were last year. An unstable regime. Folks, when the communist regime of China looks more stable than the United States of America, something's wrong. And that is what this trial is about, too. Because a shocking number of people appear to actually know the truth here. Last June, after the George Floyd situation went down, 60 percent in the USA Today Ipsos poll described Floyd's death as murder. They're not to be blamed for that. If you saw the video, it was terrible. How could you think anything but murder? My God. And then the rest of the video came out. And then the facts. And they might have circulated wider than I even thought. Because today, the percentage that calls what happened George to George Floyd murder is down to 36 It was 60% of Americans in June. It is 36% today. Because you draw a very different conclusion once you learn that George Floyd himself believed he was overdosing. That, from the autopsy, we now know he had three times the deadly level of fentanyl in his system that it takes to kill you. And he also had meth. And he also admitted on the video that he had inserted the fentanyl rectally. And he also believed he was dying before anybody ever laid a hand on him when he was still standing up he said I can't breathe there's a good reason for that you can find it in the autopsy and it's pretty typical of drug overdoses his lungs were filling with fluid in fact at autopsy his lungs weighed twice what a normal healthy man's lungs would weigh they were still filled with fluid none of this had anything to do with Derek Chauvin because you draw a very different conclusion as you watch the video as you see George Floyd, not interacting with horrific racist cops who hated him, but telling them he had inserted fentanyl into his rectum. He was having an overdose. He knew he was dying. He was crying because he knew he was dying. He begged them to tell his children that he loved them. He even begged them to not let him die alone. He wanted the very officers we've been told were racist thugs to sit with him in the back seat of that car, the police car, for one simple reason. He didn't want to die alone. It was one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever seen. That basic human need to want someone, anyone, see even someone you don't know to hold your hand so you don't die alone. The officers couldn't do it. They couldn't get in the back of the car with him. It is dangerous to lock yourself in the back of the car with a drug overdosing suspect. So George Floyd cut a deal. Take me out of the car and put me on the ground. That's when things went awry. Yes, he asked to be put on the ground. The... Minneapolis Police Department training manual mandates that in cases of drug 
overdose, you are to use either the conscious or unconscious neck hold. That's the knee to the neck that we all saw on that video. Now, if somebody is drug overdosing, they run the risk of excited delirium, where your heart literally blows up because you're overdosing. And so they've got to find a way to control you. The purpose of the unconscious neck hold that they are trained to do is to knock you unconscious. There is no time limit in the manual. You go till they pass out. Does it kill anyone? Not really. It's actually shocking because it looks so bad. This is an article from NBC News back in June, June 1st, 2020. Headline, Minneapolis police rendered 44 people unconscious with neck restraints in five years. Every one of those the police chief had to sign off on. And he did nothing. They used the neck hold 237 times over five years, knocking 44 people out. I doubt that George Floyd was the first black guy knocked out that way, but he was the only one to die. That presents a problem when jurors hear it. Says who? Says Mary Moriarty, chief public defender in Hennepin County in the Minneapolis Star Tribune, a mainstream media outlet, their main local daily newspaper there. Here's what she says. We look at body cam. We look at dash cam, she said, and we frequently see officers put their knee in a client's back or neck. In other words, it's not uncommon. Why? They're trained to do it. In fact, a training slide that will be used as evidence demonstrates. They use this training slide to demonstrate to them the proper way to put the knee to the neck. One officer holds the feet, one holds the head, the other one puts the knee to the neck. They executed it exactly right on that video. What does that do? Well, we can make an argument over whether Minneapolis should have had the neck hold. Seems a pretty dicey thing to me but I don't know they did it 237 times and it was okay I guess but you cannot argue that Derek Chauvin randomly did this because he was a racist that's impossible he was trained to do it and that gets the motive and that makes it really hard to make this murder in fact I've argued the person who ought to be on trial here today is the police chief of Minneapolis, who tragically threw Derek Chauvin under the bus, pretending that he hadn't trained his officers to do this, that he hadn't signed off on it 237 times, that he hadn't put it in the training manual, that he hadn't put it in the training slides. He's a liar, and he should be on trial. Him, not Derek Chauvin. Instead, they all pretended it was something Derek Chauvin came up with at the last minute, fired him, called him a racist, and threw him under the bus. There are massive problems with this, folks. You know what this means? If Derek Chauvin is convicted, it means that every police officer around the country who's telling themselves, well, you know, I'm genuine. I'm a good person. I'm not a racist. I'll just go in. I'll do the policing job I've always wanted to do. And I'll follow the training manual to a T. I'll be a good person. It's not enough. Not if the media wants to build a racial narrative around you. You will be betrayed and thrown under the bus by your leadership, particularly in a blue city. This will make blue cities lawless. If this guy is convicted, it will make law enforcement in them impossible. And that will make foreign and local investment in them nearly impossible. They will become, over time, policeless, no-go zones. You'd have to be insane to work in one of these. And officers will get this. There is a horrific price to be paid for the vote to... um, to, you know, to, to convict Derek Chauvin. It will destroy policing in America, particularly in blue areas. But what you're in their right mind would be willing to pay the other price. Permanently canceled 
always barred a race, always dubbed a racist, barred from public life. Don't be surprised if their Twitter and Facebook accounts are taken unemployable, destroyed by cancel culture and probably a mob that ultimately burns down their house. They would have to live in fear forever. And then there's this vote not to convict and you will literally be blamed for the violence that ensues. Keep in mind, I mean, the violence that followed George Floyd situation over the summer, over 30 people killed, including three officers of the law, one shot execution style in the back of the head in Las Vegas. He's a vegetable. He's only 29. He's still in round the clock care. He'll never leave it. He's permanently paralyzed and his, you know, he's, he's a vegetable. Um, you'll, you, you'll basically have death, mayhem and destruction, just like that audio clip I played. And for many Americans serving on that jury, they'd feel like it was on them. Like maybe the better thing to do is just to go the easy way, be a hero, be lauded, be praised for overcoming the racism and delivering justice. Be the one who keeps the city from burning. You have to almost already have made these calculations if you're even going to serve on the jury. And to a simple mind, it would seem, an average mind even, it would seem like the best thing to do for the country is to give in to the mob and convict them, no matter what the evidence is. But long term, it's the worst thing that could happen for the country. It will embolden the mob. It will completely give them control now over our judicial process. Justice will become impossible. Policing in our biggest cities will become impossible. And thus, investment in them will become impossible. That is an economic death sentence, even for people who don't live in those cities. It will shatter America either way. Thank you for listening to today's edition of the Battleground America podcast. Please subscribe and share with like-minded Americans while that kind of thing is still allowed. Battleground America with Tara Servatius. Please subscribe on radio.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Be sure to share with your friends and family. Thank you for listening. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.